Welcome to the Italian Football Podcast with John Solano, Carlo Garganese and Nima Tuvali. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the first, I'll call it, the first of the newest rendition of <laughs> the Italian football podcast. We hope you are doing well. So you have undoubtedly read the social media posts. You have read the updates that we had for you. So if you haven't caught that uh, for all of our patrons, you can check out the notes uh, on Patreon. But if you haven't seen that, we will get into all of that now. Of course, we will do all of the news, all of the transfer market stuff. We are less than two weeks until the season begins. So a lot to go over. But first, we will do some housekeeping stuff and we will go over what in the world this is going to look like now. And obviously, it's going to look like an Arsenal fan TV. We are going to... (laughs) We're going to do interviews. We're going to yell at each other. There might be some violence involved. Um, well, Arsenal, Arsenal fan TV only works when Arsenal are rubbish, basically. Yeah. So I guess Juventus fan TV, maybe, this season, <laughs> oh. seeing as, seen as how bad they are. Yeah. Well, the, and, yeah, and, I mean, and John is, is the, too happy as a Roma fan. So this is not... Well, this is the type of show I've been uh, dying to do. Um, I'm too cooped up, so being able to smack some people is finally... <laughs> <laughs> um, the way of um, uh, harboring or uh, uh, unleashing my anger and a uh, relatively healthy What have you got to be manner. angry about? Roma have been had a fantastic summer. Well, I'm allowed <laughs> to be angry when you break balls on here and you come on here and ink dead up 25 points in the table and I have to hear oh, your no. bullshit about... Yeah, oh, yeah like oh, last season. Like last before, season. You know? <laughs> yeah. No. So, okay. Um, let's, let's just get into it. We'll, we'll start out with what is exactly happening here and then we'll get into all the newsy stuff yeah. that we always do so um let's get going a lot to get to okay nima you you take it away okay well well first of for, first and foremost we we you know we've we're we're joined we've joined the uh a uk-based uh world-renowned uh, network called the rocket sports internet ltd network they boast some of the biggest brands in football Court of Side, Empire of the Cop, Talk Chelsea, Football Espana, Strati News, and many, many more. Um, what this what this partnership allow us to do, um, us joining their network, means simply that we are going to produce much more content for our existing and future patrons. And it also helps us re- reach um, a global audience because they have a giant platform. Now, for patrons, what does this mean? Nothing more than... Will be stealing. You'll be listening to me, John, and uh, myself, John and Carlo, more more times uh, uh, per week. Uh, but for the same same price, two ninety nine dollars per month, excluding VAT. The mon- the review Monday show, which we're doing now, will continue. We're adding a Thursday show, uh, which is exclusive for patrons, um, which will be like a review show where we we'll re- review all the midweek action from the city and the Champions League. On Tuesdays, we do a patron exclusive show where we answer all your questions that you send send in us send to us via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and DM on the Patreon, and we will continue doing as we've done throughout the seasons: our uh, the post match reaction pods, transfer reaction pods, and breaking news reaction and analysis episodes, and the uh, interview episode we'll be doing 
uh, every two weeks uh, on Wednesdays or Fridays, depending on 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 the availability of those who who, who, were, who were interviewing. And patrons get all of this for the same price, two ninety nine, no ads. And you you also be supporting uh, uh, the Italian football podcast as you already have. And we reached over four hundred patrons for the first time in a month last month in July, which was amazing for us, and we're really really grateful. Um, what this also means is that for those of us, for those who aren't patrons, they can listen to the Monday Review Show and the two week, the fortnightly interview episodes for free on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Acast, and Google Podcasts. Uh, but for patrons, nothing will change other than you'll just hear a lot more for us for the same price. <laughs> That's yeah. it. A lot more of Nima moaning. Well, no, more like you moaning about Juve, how horrible <laughs> they are when they have the best Mercato in, 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 in a long time. Mm. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't know about that. But I'm sure we'll get into that, won't we? Yeah. Yes, we will. Well, you've all been forewarned. Uh, I don't know whether we should express <laughs> condolences or not. I was going to say, oh, should we apologize or yeah. should we? <laughs> so, so to simplify it for everybody, you're just you're getting more, and then people who aren't patrons are just going to be able to hear us. Yeah, that's really exactly. all this is. Um, yes, that's all it is. For those who are patrons, you're getting more. Um, yeah. Everybody won't have access to even the post-match reaction podcast that we do. Oh. Um, with the season coming up, obviously, we're going to have a ton of those. So stay tuned. Yeah, watch yeah, this space. Stay tuned, and you've been forewarned. So <laughs> exactly. That's a very you, good you, way. You, you have, you have no reason. That's an excellent to, way of presenting this, John. I like that. Yes, no <laughs> reasons to uh, complain to either of us. You have been warned. Exactly. So please. Buyer beware. <laughs> buyer beware. Okay, speaking of buyer beware, that's a great segue into the first uh, first topic that we have here. We brought We brought it up last week. <laughs> Uh, Paul Pogba, so comes back for free. He is reunited. Everybody's excited, and it takes all of uh, not me half an hour for that to come to an end. <laughs> so he does his knee, and Carlo. It's a really weird sort of situation because he has a few routes that he can go. Now it is a torn meniscus. Um, Far be it for me to play doctor, but um, I've done the, my meniscus twice, one in each knee. You can pretty much do, as we all know, I'm a high-level athlete uh, as Paul Pogba, so clearly my uh, <laughs> my comparison here is apt. You probably played more than him in the last few years. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> oof, oof. when you 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 haven't played like football because you were you were you were an American football Not, player, uh, right? man. People of my stature just. No, we weren't made for for this football. We, no, 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 you were American football. That's what, what I'm saying. Yes, you were a linebacker, right? What? Yes, yes. What do John? They say? John What's is the saying those who foot. can't do <laughs> for teach. those who can't listen. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that isn't that the saying? Or those who can't, whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's basically what it was. But anyway, so Paul Pogba, he's in a really weird place because again, meniscus. It's a weird thing. If you get the surgery done, you wouldn't think it'd be this way, but you're going to be out longer um you can do a minor surgery obviously less time to recover or you can just do therapy and uh, try and play through the pain um now i don't know paul pogba's uh level of pain tolerance but it's really not that bad a meniscus um however you obviously you run the risk of this making uh, making things worse carlo what do you think they're going to do here? Um, because clearly Pogba 
central to the plans, central to uh, the transfer market as they've operated this summer. I, I mean, for me, I, I, I couldn't care less about long-term prospects or any of this other crap. You do, you know, therapy, you make sure that he's relatively healthy, you see if he can play through it, yeah? I don't know. He's got the consultation today, Monday, as we record. Um, I'm sure something will come out later as to what the decision, either today or tomorrow, will come out as to what the decision is. He's already delayed his decision for a whole week now. Um, the problem, the big problem here is the World Cup is in November, um, which is only, you know, a few, just over a few months away. And if he has... Pogba clearly wants to play in that World Cup, so he would prefer more conservative solution that's so that's either playing through the pain uh and hoping that everything goes well or having the the minor surgery which would hopefully would, would mean he's back in you know a month to two months the problem with either of those two solutions is that you know it doesn't solve it the problem and and you know things get worse and that is basically what happened uh in a similar kind of way really to, to Samuel Umtiti for France in ahead of the 2018 World Cup, where he played through an injury at the 2018 World Cup. And you could say it paid off because he played a great tournament and France won the World Cup. But his career basically ended because of playing that tournament. He's 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 been completely his body's been finished, you know, since then. Um so this is the problem Pogba has. Um if he has the 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 full uh, surgery, um it will solve the pro- solve the, the issue. But, you know, he he will be out until for five months, until 2022. So he will miss the World Cup. He will miss half the season for Juventus. By the time he then gets back to full fitness, you know, what are we looking at? You know, match fitness, February, maybe March. I mean, it's whatever Pogba does, whatever decision he takes, is there's a huge risk involved. And it's a disaster. For, for Juventus, it's a disaster. We're looking at this just from Juventus' point of view. Either the three, whatever he, whichever decision he makes, is a disaster for Juventus. I mean, it's unbelievable that they're in this they're in this position. Look, for me, what I um the thing that really that, that I'm I want to know because I think that, that that that's the most important part of this is, you know, when did Juve know about this and and what did they know? Um, because when he he had a medical not too long ago. Was this something that has been lingering for quite some time? Did they discover it? Did they just, did they see it and say, you know, let's see, you know, let, let's see if we can, um, if you know, let's take our chances with this? Um, because I, uh, it's 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 remarkably, it's it's remarkable in its incompetence, um, because I didn't expect this is not how Juve usually behave. Um, if if previous behavior is anything to go behavior is anything to go by. This is a huge risk. Of course, it's a, it's um, you know, whatever, whatever the decision, there's there's risk involved, and it is a disaster for Juve. This was not how this was supposed to go, and and I'm a really, I'm really surprised and shocked that they 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 have that they are here where they found themselves in because they can't afford to to um to not have Pogba. Pogba's central to Allegri's plans. Pogba's central to how Allegri wants to play, um, and now he's gone for. I don't know how much, three months, seven months, whatever happens. 
Team um, Rabio reunite, uh, re resurrecting itself. Yeah, Mama I mean, Rabio. Oh yeah. man, Miss Vialnik. She pulls another rabbit out of the hat. <laughs> she really Maybe gets does. Him a new contract. But yeah, I think I think it's uh, we we don't know for sure. There has been reports that this is a problem that he's had been carrying at United for for, for a long time, and we don't really know the truth there. What we do know. Um, and this is why when all Juventus, well, I'm not saying all Juventus fans, but the majority of Juventus fans were all celebrating the return of Pogba. I wasn't, you know, and everybody was calling me, oh, you're being negative, you know. It's just logic, you know. You can say, and some people say, this injury has nothing to do with his, with, with his injury proneness over the last three years. But I'm sorry, it does. Because you sign a player who's missed 72 games in 33 months. I mean... Whether you believe this latest injury is bad luck or not, I mean, what do you expect when you sign such an injury-prone player? And you mentioned, Nima, that this is not how Juventus generally do things. And that's true if we're talking traditionally. But if we're talking about Juventus' uh, medical department over the last season or two, it's been complete disaster. And it's, it's no surprise to me that this, is, this has happened and, and that if there was something there, they missed it. Um, you know, it was, signing Pogba was a huge gamble. It's a gamble because if you sign a player, it doesn't matter how good they are, that has such a bad injury record. It'll be the same for Dybala at, at Roma as well. You're taking a gamble, a huge gamble. When Juventus' midfield was so desperate for a top-class midfielder, you then sign someone who might be injured more than he plays. Um, this is what happens. And, and when I think that Juventus were also trying to sign Zaniola this summer, who's coming off two ACLs, one on each leg, and I'm thinking, this is not how you operate. As a, as a top club. A top club doesn't take these kind of gambles. And, and you know, it hasn't paid off for Juventus. And now they're going to go into the new season. I know we're going to talk about the, the midfield in what they do now. Uh, and, uh, you know, I want to talk a bit about the Madrid game, um, Madrid-friendly the other day. You know, Juventus are going into this season in, you know, in not in good shape at all. No, no. So who should they get? Well, that's the thing. Can who can they get? I think that that's what about Bangs Ball. Um, well, yeah. That, by the way, hold on. Bring, bring, bring Bangs Ball back. Bring do we call that back. redemption on my part? <laughs> very quickly, or do we say that a leopard never changes its spots? Uh, uh, no, Google, no. Google, Google we, Bangs Ball say... and Juventus and doping, and you'll find your answer there. But um, regardless, uh, if right, I played the we we our first ever free episode, and we're already about to get sued. Brilliant, fantastic. Yeah, hey, all just, I know it's is there. That, it's let's there. Just, it's, let's just say that. Let's just say that that we have zero proof of Bangs by being anything to do with Palomino. Um, and, uh, at all. <laughs> well, he worked for Juve, didn't he? Then at that point, wouldn't he? So I mean, that that would. That would uh, not, well, not not the Palomino thing for sure. I mean, but, but we, the pharmacist, whatever, the pharmacist. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Palomino thing. What, okay, that, okay, yeah. Who can they get? I don't know. Who who can Allegri get? Um, well, that's exactly it. Who can they sign? Rabio. Um, uh, you, you resurrect him. That's what you do. Yeah. No, but I mean, you got. I, I think Artur Melo. I think it's becoming a point now where where Allegri just has to understand that he's got Artur Melo, who is a good player. Well, he's and leaving. He needs, he's in well, he's in advanced negotiations to join Valencia now. He's gone, yeah. so they have to forget well, about they have to forget well, about Melo. Well, you, well, John asked me what I would do, and I would keep Artur Melo, and I would work around him with Zakaria and Locatelli and and Rabiot and, and try to, to try to get the best of, best of the situation because I think Artur Melo is a creative player. He's a he's a we've seen what he can do when he's at his best, and he's never really been given a chance at Juve. But yeah, he's, he's going. But okay, so he's going. Who do you get? 
they don't there aren't players with with those particular skill sets you know around that that, mm. that many I well, Milinkovic we're going to come to Milinkovic Savic afterwards so um I don't want to discuss it now we've got a section just on on him and his future because he's also been linked as a possible alternative to to Frankie de Jong at Man United. But just talking about Juventus, Juventus have a lot of central midfielders. I mean, we, Ramsey's gone. Arthur Melo's about to go. That will probably happen, I would expect, this week. He'll go to Valencia probably on loan. Juventus will pay half of his salary. So brilliant business there as well, Juve. <laughs> um, they've got Locatelli, uh, Pogba obviously injured. Rabiot, one year left on his contract, was probably, well, potentially could have left, but maybe they might keep him now. McKenney's just got injured for he's just dislocated or he's hurt his shoulder he's going to be out for a month or two that's that's good um Ravella <laughs> Ravella Ravella Fagioli Miretti uh, are the other midfielders uh, and Zakaria I forgot um so so they they do have a lot of central midfielders now in an ideal world I would say that the manager it would be up to the manager to create a you know, a fluid midfield system and develop some of these young central midfielders who who are very, you know, who have potential, you know. Perfect man in place to do that, huh? Well, that's exactly, that's the issue here. See, Fagioli has potential. Rovella has potential. Miretti has potential. They're, they're all good players, technically. Um, but none of them are anywhere near the finished article. Um, and you need the right manager to be able to develop these players and to put them in, put them into a fluid team or fluid midfield trio for assuming Juventus are going to play man you've somehow made this into an indictment on Allegri welcome (laughs) everybody to the first episode (laughs) but this is the problem yeah this is the problem Allegri has shown he can't create a fluid team you know with an identity a midfield that dominates that keeps the ball that passes it well that develops young players um you know I'd argue even that Locatelli who I who I really am am a fan of and has a lot, you know, I think has the ability to, to be a Juventus level player. Um, he didn't, for me, he did not improve even a single percent last season under Allegri, which is a damning indictment for me on Allegri. Um, so for that reason, I think Juventus have to go out and sign a ready-made central midfielder. Who that is, is another question altogether. But they need to sign a ready-made central midfielder because Allegri, I don't see him being able to develop Rovella, Fagioli, Miretti, you know, these kind of players. I don't see him being able to do that. Um, so who does he go out there and sign? I mean, Paredes seems to be the favourite. Uh, he's a he's a good friend of Di Maria. Di Maria's trying oh, to... Oh, God. God help everybody who listens to this show if that happens. <laughs> I, I Well, there you go. There, there, there you oh. go. And Pjanic is the other one. You know, Xavi's oh told God. him that he's, he's available. And, you know, neither of these players are going to turn the dial for Juve. We know that. They might help the team, though, a little bit structurally because I, I do think Juventus need a regista. Uh, Go on social media, you'll find half of the people who are convinced Paredes is a good player. I am praying that he comes to Juve. You don't know how... If you think I'm insufferable now, wait. I I don't know how I have to manifest that to happen, but just tell me um, whatever forces in the ether, gods, whatever, just tell me what I have to do to get Paredes to Torino and I will do it. Beyond I, for me, harming another human being. I think you and I are one of the few people do who don't rate him. Oh, he sucks. He sucks. Because for he's me, a he's a player. No, you know, well, thank you. Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted to say. He's an indoor football player. It's a futsal player. It's technically really good. But on the pitch, he just, I don't, you know, when you, for PSG, I was, oh, look how important he is for PSG. Yeah, look at the players he's surrounded by at PSG, okay? 
then every time, whether it was Roma or Zenit or everybody else, for me, he's an Argentinian Kuzmanovic. That's all he is, has always been and will always be. He's an Argentinian Kuzmanovic. And if Juve go after him, I know that Allegri can get the... Can 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 if 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 Allegri wants him, then he sees something, and, I'll, and I think he'll probably do okay for you. But but this is not, you know, I, I am not his biggest fan. But if Allegri sees accepts this and says he can do something with it, then I actually think he can do he can do something for you. But I really do think so because Allegri knows what kinds. Of, it's like when people make fun of Antonio Conte for obsessing over, you know, Vidal and Kolarov and and you know Ashley Young and and Darmian and these guys and Padoin, and then he still delivers results. You know, you can make fun of all you want, but these guys, they know what they want and why they want it, and they think they can get something out of it. Sometimes they miss, sometimes they, they hit home runs um, more often than not. But I, th- I, think, I think Paredes could do well for Juve, and I'm saying this as someone who literally does not rate him. I, I, I mm. think Juventus need a lot of, they need a lot of work um, in, the, in the midfield, but in other areas as well. Um, but certainly in the, in the centre of midfield, if anybody has watched them, in pre-season, the games against Barcelona and against certainly against Real Madrid, it was just. I know it's pre-season. You don't shouldn't always read too much into pre-season. You know when fitness levels are low, and but but you you watched Juventus. Having watched Juventus last season, it was exactly the same same Allegri team. You know, completely dominated in midfield. Can't string two or three passes together. Passive, completely passive. I mean, against Real Madrid, it was it was embarrassing at times. I mean, Madrid just completely controlled that central midfield. They just passed, passed, passed. Juventus, they weren't pressing. They weren't moving as a unit. It was just disjointed. It, it, no fluidity, like I said before. No patterns of play. No team passing moves. It's just the same. It's just the same story over and over again. And he looked at that midfield, and it was just way off. They they were cutting through them so easily. Um, you know, so inviting pressure. I mean, this is what I was saying before. This is as much down to the manager as it is the players, because Allegri just doesn't seem to be able to, to to create a team that can just that can keep the ball, dominate the midfield, dominate possession. You know, Zakaria was just running around like a headless chicken. Um, you know, there, there was there's just a, Locatelli was decent actually. Locatelli looked like a player that if he had the right players around him could do something. He looked he played well. Um, but they just Juventus's midfield is just way off it. Uh, I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know what the solution is. Um, you know, Juventus go into this new season, and, and honestly, I don't really have much much hope for them um, uh, right now uh, at all. I think they need a they need a lot more work in the transfer market. But even if they bring in players, it's going to be up to Allegri to make the team play better. And you know, I spoke to a journalist yesterday who's been covering Juventus in the states. Um, she's been at Juventus training. She's been to their matches. She's been to their press conferences. She's been around the camp. And she said the vibe around the Juventus camp has not been good um, compared to the other teams that are in the States. She said the training, I don't know how much access they got to training. Usually journalists don't get access to the real in-depth stuff. It's usually just the stuff for the press. But, you know, she said that at training, the vibe wasn't good. It was very basic stuff. Um and obviously the, the the matches, certainly the Real Madrid match was just was was just terrible. Um, and you know, there's just you you may look way off it. The fullbacks, they need two fullbacks as well, desperately. Danilo, if anybody sees the penalty that he gave away, uh, Alexandro's been terrible in both games. They need they need two new fullbacks, you know, let alone one. Um, so 
they need attackers as well. They can't go into the season with Moise Kane. I know he scored two goals for Barcelona. <laughs> so, but, so they need a midfield, they need a defence. And, and also, they need the other thing, the other thing, the fourth, this four, I mean, Allegri, we thought it'd go 4-3-3, but it seems like he's going to go 4-3-1-2 with Di Maria as the, as the the number 10, like in between the, the back two. I mean, who plays a 4-3-1-2? We, I mean, we, we criticise Allegri for being outdated. Tell me, does anybody, any other team use a 4-3-1-2? Who, who last used a 4-3-1-2 formation? I mean... So, yeah, I, I, a lot of question marks. Um, the only saving grace is that it was Real Madrid. They're the best team, you know, all the European champions and the teams in Serie A are going to be a lot weaker. <laughs> well, there's no doubt about that. Um, okay, let's move on. Nima, you and I were pretty harsh on Milan, but it looks like they are about to get their first uh, deal over the line, or I should say first big deal. I don't want to disrespect. Alessandro Florenzi, uh, like that at least. It's a Monday, I'll be kind. Um, you did a great interview about this new acquisition that they have. Uh, what do you think about this? Um, well, if, yeah, Christoph Terrers, the interview we did last Thursday, he, the, the, the very insightful. That, yeah, it really was. Like, he's one of, he really is probably the best, uh, like most famous one, but also the best Belgian football journalist out there. He, the level of depth he went to and, and, and the, the knowledge and analysis was really, really great and, and it was really insightful. And for me, it, it, you know, if you're even if you're not a Milan fan, it, it hyped me up listening to him and, and talking. It seems to me this is a player who, and also from what I've read afterwards, that um, the Kittler's agent has personally asked Zlatan to take the Kittler under his wing. And we know that when Zlatan does that, it always goes well. I mean, look at what happened at Milan with all the other players. You know, they won a bloody Scudetto that way. Rafael Leal, I mean, you know, Teo Hernandez, all these players. I mean, when, when he's there, he, he, they, they, he, he shows them because he's done it and they respect him and he shows them the level of work ethic that is required. And look, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think this guy is going to be quite the excitement. I think we need to give him a little bit of time. I don't expect him to hit the ground running. Um, but I do think that he could be quite the player for Milan. Again, Milan's project, they continue to do these intelligent signings. They continue to invest in young, talented players for low at low wages, keep them for a few years and then sell them at a profit. They, they've understood where they are in the food chain um, and they're doing Im- impressive things. And I understand we were not happy about that as, as fans of Milan or as fans of Italian football, but look, there was an article in Gazzetta dello Sport last week showcasing how much TV rights are sold in each country, in, in the country and abroad. And, and <laughs> the Serie A was below Ligue 1. So this is, this is where it is. And they, they have to compete in, in this difficult um, climate. And I think, he, um, I think he's going to be really... I think he, he, he plays in a number 10 role. That's where they like him. He's a left-footed player. Um, you know, he's, he's more of a you know, silky, silky smooth operator than a, than a, like De Bruyne, who's much more of an energetic player. And I think that's what Milan have been lacking. And if he can really start doing that, then Milan are, you know, they're under the radar. They didn't have a good June, but, you know, for me, as things stand today, I, I have Milan winning the Scudetto. See, I don't. Um, Carlo, what do you make of this? I, I suppose my issue is they, they haven't, yes, this is a good signing, but I don't think they ad- addressed their most uh, pressing needs. Well, I think this is one of the needs they, they have. They, 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 were, they are missing a number 10. I mean, Brahim Diaz started last season really, really well. We thought 
at first, we, we all of us thought that, well, certainly me and Nima did, we thought that he would be a maybe an upgrade on Chalanoglu. But in the end, he just he just fell away completely after like September last year, after starting really well. Um, so they needed a number 10, but they also need a right winger. I know Messias just scored a lovely goal in a preseason friendly against Marseille and it's a great story, but they definitely need a they need a right winger. They can't, I don't think Messias or or seller makers, you know, that that is going to be a, any kind of medium. How about sort of... a number nine under the age of 50? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's something as well. But, I mean, Giroud to help them win the league. Yeah, Origi is Origi. He's still doing all right. I mean, what, what, what I like about Milan is, again, coming back to Juventus, is that Milan have a clear identity. They have a clear way they, they, they play. And you can say that maybe next season, Teams might find them out, you know. Any, I mean, it's pretty obvious what Milan's Milan's main area of strength is, and that is the left hand side through Teo Hernandez and Rafael Liao. And I remember watching that Sassuolo game on the last day of last season and thinking, it's so obvious what they're doing here, and yet they're leaving themselves so open. You know, double up on that left hand side. You know, I think teams will become a little bit wiser to Milan you know, this coming season. That's what Italian teams do well, even now. Um, but um, I think with Milan, they have a clear identity. You know, we know how they're going to play. We know what patterns of play they have. We know they're going to go wide to, to Liao. They're going to try the overloads. They're going to strip. The, they're going to put in crosses to Giroud. It's it's, obvious, it's a clear, clear how they play. You know, they're, they're two central midfielders who will probably be now be Benacer and Tonali. We know that they're both good on the ball. We know they're good short passers. We know that they can dominate a central midfield and 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 dictate the tempo of the game, you know, so we know their wing-backs will get forward. It's, you know, it's, it's, they've, they've got a clear identity. Um, not all the other teams have that, you know. Juventus clearly don't have that. Uh, Inter, you know, Inter, uh, they have it, but but they, they, they will see. We're going to come to them. They're probably going to make some changes. They're probably going to lose one or two players. They'll have to. Um, you know, they're going to maybe lose both wing-backs. So we'll see how that affects them. I think there's less questions. There's less questions um, for for Milan maybe than other teams. Napoli, loads of question marks because of all the, the turnover of players. Uh, you know, Roma are coming up. We're going to speak about Roma, but yeah, I think I don't know if I'd make Milan favourites, but I'm I'm feel confident that they're going to have another good season. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, okay, Torino, very interesting side. Um, <laughs> We just mentioned one of the players from uh, Inter who is on his way there. However, our boy, Ivan Juric, doesn't seem to be getting on with uh, the sporting director, uh, Vagnati. Yes. Yeah, I, did you see the actual yes. video that was yes, published? Yes, I did. I saw all of it. I saw the yes. whole full redacted 93 minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, so... 93 seconds of... Um, of, uh, of of the shouting match, which starts at a at the training ground that they're on, um, which is at the hotel that they're staying at in the in the in the Austrian Alps, um, which is called uh, which is named for some reason something to do with cows, and there are two statues of two giant statues of cows as all of this is going on. It, it really is the whole thing reads and sounds like um like like something like like um like a like a performance art um exhibition because it's it's the alps everything is calm there are statues of cows ivan juric is pissed off uh he's telling vanyati to do one and leave him alone he also speaks Green better italian than 90 percent of italians yeah, by the he way he really speaks well you're Vagnati, right just to be just to clarify vanyati is the sporting director of, of yeah. torino 
Yeah, he said. Didn't he say that? I thought he said. I, come on, man! I said that. Yeah, okay, the replacement of the legendary uh, Gianluca Patraki. Mm. Look, so so what happens is, um, he, he you know he he get, he he's, he gets angry. Juric. They're they're having a heated debate, and he pushes Vanyati away. Um, the team manager then hears all this, comes in between, and Vanyati loses his shit completely. Um, and wants to fight Juric and tells him to don't scream at me and don't don't you dare raise your voice to people who who protect you against in in front of that dickhead. Yes, and now, that, that was dickhead, his biggest mistake yeah, in saying. Yeah, and and that dickhead he's referring to is none other than Urbano Cairo, the the club owner and president. Um, and and he's who, by the way has me blocked on WhatsApp. I just want that <laughs> on the record. <laughs> well done. What did you do um, to him? God, you're making a lot of enemies. First, Mama Rabio. Yeah, it was when no, uh, no, no Cairo. I'm starting to side with Mama Rabio now. I'm thinking well, maybe what, he did what, something. What, what, once, once, uh, once it is all finally settled, I have to wait two years, and then I think I can comment on it. But it had to do with uh, Gianluca Petracchi when he was working for Roma uh, while still under contract with Torino. Um, one of actually one of my tweets and my stories made it into uh, Roma's defense when uh, they got sued by Petracchi. <laughs> Brilliant! Um, wow. Apparently, Cairo. When I asked him a question, he perhaps he didn't appreciate it, but he blocked me. So mm, that's good. I don't that's know. Um, but by the way, uh, you know, for them to, um, I, I, I guess, for Vagnati to, to to be having a go at Juric, okay, he would be back into a position in less than thirty minutes by some Serie A club. Um. I mean, I, if I look at the list of teams in Serie A, probably half of them would do with Juric at this very moment. You could probably even think of some clubs in the top top seven or eight that might even prefer him. I just don't know. If you're Torino, why would you even tempt fate like this? Do you remember what this guy did last season for you? And mind you, what he did with the Barino. stable of players that were crap. I mean, he turned uh, Ricardo Rodriguez into an actual viable footballer, okay? The guy who was crap at Milan, okay? He was starting with Juric, okay? So, Torino, don't don't do this, okay? Don't do this. Do not do this. You are um, in a very good position with this guy. Do not tempt fate. Or you'll be back in Serie B, so don't just well, don't exactly, do it. and and that's what's so frustrating because everything looked good. I mean, all they had to do this summer was okay. Belotti was going to go. Bremer was going to was going to was going to be sold. Um, they had to just make sure to keep Mandragora, um, and you know m- try to see if they could keep Pobega and Brecalo, and, and then try to replace them. And and they've just done nothing. And so I can understand that he's pissed off because right now, um. The players that I mean, clearly he doesn't want Denayer, he doesn't want Majori, he doesn't want Juricic, he doesn't want all of these players that the Vanyati wants to get for him, um, and it's it creates. I mean, it, it's, it's lost its five best players, you know. Yeah. So and they've signed basically no one, so you can understand why he's pissed off. No, they signed no one. Yeah, and of course he's going to be angry, and he's not happy with the replacements. I mean, Julio Majori, I like you, I like, I think Filip Juricic is a decent player, but. Julio Maggiore, Jason Denea, I mean, I don't know. And and it's it's strange. It's really, really strange. And and I understand that for, for me it's it's weird that Vagnati can't 
get Juric on board and why is he negotiating? But is it Vanyati's um, fault or is it Cairo's fault? Is it what, what well, Vanyati's working well, with? That's what I, we I think know. it's a, I, I absolutely think it's it's Cairo and, 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 and Vanyati combined. But my issue is you can't why are you in talks with players that your coach clearly doesn't want? And in fact, one of the you know one of the unconfirmed reports that I've seen about this is that Juric has called Cairo and told him not to sign these players because he doesn't want them, and that's why they've been blocked, and that's part of the reason why they've been fighting as well. So I mean, it's it's not a good thing. And like like you said, John, this do not push tempt faith. You could end up being relegated. Don't and it, and it won't be Juric's fault. I I mean th- this is. You know, he we've, we've he's shown what he can do with a little. And this year, when he was supposed to take that next step, it's going to be one of those, you know, to, per, yeah. you know, turn off, you know, try to put out fires kind of stuff. You have to say yeah. one thing that only in Serie A do you get, do you get scenes like this? Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, that entire, that day in Serie A was <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Um, Palermo, uh, Palermo, the incident with Palermo coach and the sporting director, um, you know, Baldini uh, resigning in, in fury and rage Baldini. the way they did. And getting punched in the I, face by his own manager. The last yeah. time I remember, remember Silvio Baldini, he, ki- he kicked his own player Domenico, in the backside. No, no, no. He, he killed, no, no. It was Domenico Di Carlo, the Parma coach, when he was at Catania. Sorry, yeah, yeah. He kicked someone in the backside. kicked him in the Parma ham. <laughs> In the in his Parma ham, we we say we, that's what, that's how we describe this. He kicked him in the up the Parma ham because he was Parma coach at the time. De Carlo, no, Baldini's crazy. If you saw him this summer after he got Palermo promoted to Serie B, uh, he hadn't slept um, for maybe two days, and he was on Sky talking about the most incoherent shit that I that I think uh, I've ever seen someone do in a in a sports program. Um, uh, afterwards, um, and and it, it was just weird. He he is his own. He, he doesn't, you know, he's not like everyone else. And now the sporting director and coach have resigned. The season starts in two weeks, and that was that happened on the same day. And what also happened on the same day, for some reason, uh, Ron Moss, who played Ridge Forrester on The Bold and the Beautiful, pop icon, pop pop reference, pop culture reference from 1980, he turns up at Inter and claims he's an Inter fan, uh, and makes the most cringeworthy. For Forza Inter video I've seen in my life, and this all happened. Nothing. The, 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 no, the, the, if we're doing the hierarchy of worst like uh, uh, accents to say in Italian, the Kyle Kraus is yes. the yes very top of the hierarchy. I, like mm. I have to turn on my American accent to like. No, I think Jerry Cardinale, Forza uh, Inter, Italiano Americano, or is is my favorite one, and Abbiamo vinto le, lo scudetto. Uh, that, that's 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 my that's my I mean, Jerry Cardinale and, and, and it's only added by the uh, by the work we can say that um, <laughs> never mind I don't yeah. want to get never mind I take yeah. that back yeah do that we I want to get Presidente on here yeah um, I want to have Kyle Cross here I well, to... well one guy who's definitely not coming on here is uh, your friend Steven Zhang <laughs> um, where are they at with this market, Nima? Because we're seeing things absolute, about look, Chelsea yeah. coming in for Skinyard. We're seeing um, all sorts of Dumfries. stuff involving Dumfries with uh, being linked with Manchester United, being linked with every, everybody. Chelsea as well, yeah. yeah. I think it's Dumfries and Skriniar are the two. Chelsea are, are in talks for both of them, or certainly well, for Dumfries anyway. Yeah, for Dumfries more than Skriniar because uh, Skriniar, they Inter aren't backing down. He, he's going to cost seventy million, uh, 
euros just in cash that's what we need to on and Simone Inzaghi's been very clear um, Denzel Dumfries they're very interested in, in, in Denzel Dumfries but Inter want 40-50 million euros for him um, and, and they're not budging uh, and they do have a plan B in place should they should they not be able to but regardless of of this it's this ownership group and I think that this is why I think it gets so why I get so bored with with the debate on social media, everything is so polarized and there's no room for nuance. Look, Suning have done absolutely amazing. They have invested almost a billion euros at this club, including buying the club for 200 million euros. They've modernized, they've done some amazing things. They've done incredible work getting into to, to enter the 21st century. Um, but it's clear that they don't have the capital to keep this going. And it's not sustainable for them to do that because Italian football is structurally a mess. I get that. But this, the, what's going on at Inter is, is, is ridiculous. When you can't even, when you negotiate for, with a player for seven months and you can't drag that deal over the line, when you have to you know, play, you have to sacrifice a big player every single summer to, to end the Mercato on a plus net of 60, or last year, was a, however it was, 100 million, now it's 60. This is not sustainable. You cannot compete, even in Italy, by doing this uh, year and year again. And I think we've reached the ceiling with Suning. I think the pandemic and the overall state of, you know, the geopolitical state of the world has basically precluded Chinese investment in, in football. And, and so they they need to sell as soon as possible um now the, here's the kicker i don't want them to sell just to anyone i want them to because i don't the last thing i want is a jerry cardinale at inter i don't want an american hedge fund i want i want what, what you have at Roma. i want a friedkin i want a family business group who wants to invest and, and is willing to take a hit whilst understanding that they can make up their money elsewhere um so we got to be careful what you wish for there but as for the chelsea and dumfries thing for the right price, any inter, I keep saying this. I've been saying this every throughout this summer. For the right price, all Inter players are for sale, and I think all 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 Italian players are for sale, except for Juve, who have the Agnelli family and and Exor, who made that cash injection of four hundred million euros, and and they don't have to sell, um, but but they, they too also needed to to sell De Ligt before they could go after Bremer, so. Um, it's it's not a good place for Italian football to be. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, and Inter will have to sign a replacement if they get rid of Dumfries. Because I, I think they're going to sell Dumfries. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, whether or not... I mean, I would like to know from you, if they do sell, sell Dumfries, do you think that they stick with Damian and Bellanova as their two right wing backs? But then they have to sign a left wing back. You know that that's the thing. Um, personally, but they've, I got, think, but they've got Gosens and and Di Marco as left. Well, yeah, backs. yeah, but Di Marco and, and, and Dar- left center. Right? They're if desperate as well. So I yeah. mean, they've got the numbers, but have they got yeah, the quality? But, yeah, but the quality, yeah, but that's the thing. Simone Inzaghi won't be happy, and he's made it clear that he wants a you know if if somebody's sold, he wants someone in. Um, and and if they sell Dazzle Dumfries, from the last thing I heard is he wants Manuel Lazzari from Lazio, which makes perfect sense to me because he's a kind of player that Inter lack. And also a kind of player who we know has done really well under Simone Inzaghi at Lazio, and who's frankly been terrible at Lazio under Sarri, uh, and is not very, and, and from what I understand, is not too happy there either. But then you have to deal with Lotito, and and Inter clearly can't, you know, then that's not a good place to be um, because dealing with Lotito when you're chasing a player is not 
even if it's a player that he doesn't want, he's a giant pain in the butt. Um, well, and he's already getting annihilated this summer by supporters. So, uh, and which is weird because they've got, I mean, I think they've had a good summer. I think actually Lazio for once have had a good summer, even though they signed Patrick down to a five-year contract for reasons that only God and Claudio Lotito know and understand. Uh, but uh, I, I think they've had a good season. I think they've had a good summer, Lazio. Yeah. Um, still can't sell tickets, though. So I don't know. Um, okay, Roma moving on. Roma still dealing with PSG for Wijnaldum. I I don't know how or when this will get over the line. It's kind of odd because Roma have been kind of, they've gone from quiet, uh, not really leaking anything to these last two deals. Uh, the first for Dybala and now this one for uh, Vinaldum. They've been pretty transparent with everything that's been happening. The biggest hurdle, obviously, his wages, he earns uh, eight to nine million euros net, which uh, would make him by far the highest earner, uh, the new highest earner, Paolo Dybala, at six, uh, which includes bonus. It's really, if you want to do just base salary, uh, he's at around four and a half, five. So he would be the highest earner. They need PSG to to, to contribute to his wage. Um, I was told that... Uh, just on Friday, PSG, they were willing after not willing to do so um, up until that point. They finally relented, were willing to contribute uh, up to 20-25% of the wage, which would be important, but still costly for Roma. Um, however, they are insisting on an obligation to buy. And I I saw Sky Sports, uh, Gianluca Di Marzio came out with something similar to, to what I had the other day about this obligation to buy Roma. They don't want that. They just want to bring him in on loan, perhaps an option. We'll see how it works out. But if they're able to get him and then Pelotti on top of that, um, that is about as good of a summer as you can get. And I would be tempted to say the best summer that I have ever followed Roma of these what it's 2022, mm-hmm. like I mean the know, last time they had years. I'm the trying to think time, of others. This has been the best summer Mercato Roma have had since the summer they bought Battistuta. It's as simple as that. I mean, it's it's really that simple. They've done everything right. They've they lost Mkhitaryan, but they replaced him well enough. If they get Vinaldum as well, if they bring in Belotti, and if they get you know if they manage to offload Eldor Shamurodov. That's a fantastic summer. They've really, truly done everything they want. They needed to do. Uh, we know that Mourinho's second season is when things really click together. Um, keeping their players as well, I think, yeah. is also key. If they manage to keep yeah. the top well, players at, as well. At some point, nobody really talks about this one, but Zeki Celik, that they, the guy from Lyon that they got, mm. you know, I said I need to do an investigation as to where all this money is coming from, from Friedkin. We need to investigate Lille as to why they only gave this guy away for seven and a half million euros. I am dumbfounded by it. I I almost want to call Interpol to, (laughs) you know, look into this and perhaps make some arrests. When was his contract running out? Uh, He had 2024. So he had another year after this season. But, I mean, he was there starting right back when they won the league a couple of years ago. Mm. I, I do not understand it. I mean, Roma tried to get him last summer. They were quoted 14 and a half million euros. Um, 
Now, they have new ownership. I've mentioned this before. Leo's new ownership, the head of the group, very good friends with Dan Freakin at Roma, advised him throughout his acquisition process of Roma. But still, I just that aside, I'm I'm absolutely unequivocally dumbfounded as to how they got Zegi Celic for, for seven and a half million euros. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I mean, that is... Wijnaldum's an interesting one because I, I I don't think anybody expected him to struggle as much as he did at, at PSG. And I was speaking to uh, Robin Berner, who's one of the top uh, French journalists, about why he struggled so much at PSG. And he, he said that he, he was basically played out of position. He was played out on the right. Um, and on the, you know, the few occasions that he did play centre midfield, it was all kind of, you know, disjointed because he came from a you know a very well-oiled machine at Liverpool and then suddenly came to to PSG where you had those three up front who just basically did what they wanted never tracked back never defended never worked as a team so it was all kind of chaotic and he seems to work Wijnaldum seems to work better when he's in a very clear system which I, I guess he will will have at Marine with Mourinho uh, even if it's you know more more conservative um, but I think things are looking really good for Roma. Um, we, yeah. we already said in the last few weeks, haven't we, that we think that they've overtaken Napoli um, as a, the top, as a top four team. And, you know, I look at the players that they've bought and I look at the, the fact that there, there's there are a lot of experience that they've bought as well. I mean, Matic, I have my question marks over whether his legs have gone, but, you know, he's experienced. Vinaldum's experienced. Belotti, lots of experience. Dybala, lots of experience. I mean, they're buying players that, you know, know how to win and have won things. Uh, they've kept all their players apart from Mkhitaryan. And, you know, the Tottenham game, I watched the Tottenham game at the weekend. And Shut I thought they down. were... Yeah, wow. I thought they were they were very, very organised. I mean, they played yeah. the way that Mourinho's played in recent years. They didn't. You know, they sat back. They put a bank of five at the back. But Tottenham, how much did Tottenham create in that game? Very little. Yeah, they didn't have a single shot on target. Um yeah. I mean, Roma, the thing that has always concerned me has been the midfield. I've said since the beginning, they need a Mediano, a physical defensive midfield presence. Um, I think, you know, barring something different, um, I mean, clearly Jose Mourinho is fine with Cristante and Matic sort of filling that role, which does surprise me. Um, my other concern uh, had to do with at the back. He's been, I, I mean, dying for a left-footed central defender. Still haven't gotten one. However, I, I, I don't, I don't know who you would take out from that back three. Smalling, he really likes. Mancini, he likes. Uh, maybe Ibanez. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I tend to think that. As of this moment, he wouldn't want to mess with that. He's uh, going to go three four two one. You think, or three four one two? You think? Yeah, I think he's going. Yeah, I think you'll see Pellegrini behind DiBala, Tammy Abraham, and then uh, you'll see Karsdorp, um, Matic, and I don't know. So Pellegrini will play as a because against Tottenham, Pellegrini started as a central midfielder in the correct. Two, didn't he, he dropped him deep and then he put DiBala behind. Do you think that can work, Pellegrini in that in that role? Um, I have concerns um, because that's essentially what Mkhitaryan did uh, last season. He played in this hybrid attacker slash midfield role. I have said from the beginning, uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini is not a mezzala. Cannot be uh, asked to do too much defensively. 
However, um, I thought they actually looked really, really balanced. Um, I mean, they they conceded next to nothing. Yeah, they looked to Spurs. Solid. Yeah, I mean, they were incredibly, and it wasn't like your normal, uh, you know, Italian shit housing like you see from a Pescara side, you know, uh, playing with ten at the back. Yeah, I mean, they were uh, they weren't afraid to come out. I, I was pleasantly surprised. I you know. I don't know who that match uh, spoke more about. It's preseason. You don't want to make a big deal of it. However, I was very shocked at how balanced they looked um, because I always thought that you just you can't play Pellegrini, Dybala, Zaniolo, and Tammy Abraham on the pitch at once. However, this is why uh, you you pay big money to guys like Jose Mourinho. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it worked in that instance. Clearly, these people are smarter than all of us. So I, I'm I'm curious to see if he continues with it. Again, my only concern is Matic, as you said, Carlo. I mean, it's not as if this guy has been uh, featuring a lot in recent seasons for uh, United. Can you really just bring him and say, okay, now you need to play 40 matches for us, okay? Uh, go ahead and do it. That seems like a tall order for him, but... Yeah, I have my doubts over him, I'll be honest. But maybe in the slower Serie A, maybe as a player to bring on in the last 20 minutes to see out the game, yeah. maybe that could be his role. And, and just one last thing, if they, because uh, getting information about Belotti is kind of weird because he he technically has an agent, but it's on like an as-needed basis. He has a lawyer that he uses. It's a very weird setup. So um, like when he does contractual stuff, he brings in this agent, but... The, the people who speak for him are all lawyers. They, I'm shocked that this is even, first off, the fact that we're two weeks away and Belotti is still even available because I can find, again, seven teams in Serie A at this very moment who could use him. Mm-hmm. He would fit, like, this perfect little niche of a player that Roma need. How I mean, many years have we been saying that he need, like he the best solution would be for him to go to to Roma, where where he would like be an understudy to Jekyll, and 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 given how he works, his work rate, and and the kind of player he is, I think he would absolutely love to play for. Well, for, I think he and Tammy Roma. Abraham are a perfect match. Yeah, um, they really. The thing are. is that the options that Roma are now going to have in attack is you know Tammy Abraham and Belotti. So Abraham's out, you play Belotti, or you say they might even be able to play together. But, you know, you've got two strikers, two number nines. You've got Dybala and Zaniolo. (laughs) You know, then you've got Pellegrini from a deeper role or or can play higher up as well. Then you've got a few of the youngsters. I mean, they've got good options there. They really do. They really do. Yeah, I I mean, this would be the first time. I mean, Roma supporters, when we think depth, we just think somebody who doesn't belong in Serie Chi who won't <laughs> urinate himself on well, the pitch. Well, we don't is, really think of a strong... But I wanted to ask you about that because your defense does not... I mean, Ibanez, Smalling, Mancini, like... Kumbula, good. Yeah. Sorry? Kumbula. Kumbula, man. Kumbula, yeah, Manas Kumbula. I mean, they... they uh, maybe, you know, I think Mancini and Kumbula, I haven't given up on Mancini and, and Kumbula, but... I don't think they are good enough to win the Serie A in the back. I think that's where the weaknesses are. But how do you counter that? Well, is it the classic Mourinho playing low blocks, risk minimization from the rest of the team and playing deeper? That that could be an option and that could make Roma really... I like, I like Roma at the wing-back areas, though. 
I think no, they've they got, they they got two oh wing backs. God, wing first back. time in two, my life. Two wing backs, yeah, two strong two wing backs on both on both sides. Zalewski first time and, since the Scudetto season. Yeah, Zalewski and Spinazzola yeah. and on one side, and then you've got Jetchelik and, and Karlsdorp. I mean, yeah, yeah. you can just strengthen no, that. No, they've, they've got, they're really strong there. It's just the central defense I have questions over. But mm-hmm. um, but regardless, I don't and think maybe they... maybe center mid. Yeah, maybe yeah. center midfield. But I mean, no, I'm not too worried about the center mid. I think that for me, the biggest weakness is the central defense. But... Again, if Mourinho counters that by getting the entire team to buy into this and having using Dybala as his Wesley Schneider, um, which which seems to be what he wants to do, and if he can get him to do that, then then Roma are going to be incredibly difficult to break down, and they're going to be difficult. They're going to be a pain in the ass to to play because they're going to hurt you on the counter attack, and they have they have dangerous players up front. Do I think they are good enough to win the Scudetto? No, absolutely not. But if he does this, if Mourinho pulls this rabbit out of the hat and he wins the Serie A with Roma... Oh, d- don't, d- don't go... No, 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 no. no that's you're going to pull the crap where I can't no, no, say that are winning. No, no, listen, listen, no, no, listen, 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 listen. Get out of let here. me finish, let go me finish. No, no, let me finish. out. If out. Roma, if he does this, if he does this, and he wins the Serie A with this Roma this season, that's his biggest miracle in his career. No doubt. Undoubtedly. But it eclipses every other accomplishment he's ever done. Um, but I don't think he will. I really don't think so. I think Milan and Inter and even Juve are, are a little bit stronger than Roma. But Roma are for sure together with Napoli. I think they're they're ahead of Napoli for the top four, no doubt. And Well, those who have been to Rome, they would say to you, Limor Tashi Tua. <laughs> no, listen. That's all I can say to that. <laughs> no, listen. And also, and also, I think um, I think Roma in the Europa League is going to be a I have them as my they're my they're my dark horse to win mm. nobody. Um very quickly, I just have to say Balotti, if he were to come to Roma, Roma over the years, my entire life, they have struggled against the boor you know, the, the the Wednesday evening matches where it's raining in Veneto, uh, Liguria, those sorts of matches where it's just grit crap. They don't want to be there, nobody wants to be there. Andrea Balotti is the kind of guy who pulls those goals out of his backside. Yeah, he does. Where you just, you know, you, know, you shit house for 80 minutes and then you manage to score at the very end because he gets uh, he, he, he gets one on the counterattack. Mm. I mean, he is like the embodiment of uh, the Serie A striker who can just pull one out from his backside. Like, like Lapadula, he used to be able to do that. Um, they've never had anybody only, like that. Only Belotti's good and Lapadula is absolute crap. That, that's the well, I'm just saying, yeah, you know, Lapadula, he always seemed to score at like opportune moments. You know, he never scored in like yeah, the, the 16th player. minute. Yeah, I know what you mean. The gritty, yeah. the gritty. Um, okay, let's keep going. Napoli. I, I, I like what they've done. I think. Oh, Car- see, I don't. Kvaratskhelia um, is good. But if like they Oliveira. get, because they are being linked with uh, Raspadori of Sassuolo, mm. Sassuolo remains to be seen what's going to happen. Um, they're trying everything they can to hold on to Raspadori. Fratesi, who's close to Roma, um, they don't want to give them up. However, I think both of these guys are going to be tempted to leave. If I were Sassuolo, obviously you don't want to lose both of them. However, you might not have any choice. Um, but what do you think about Napoli? Because I, I said on last week's episode, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of what they've done. Um, I like it, it. more so has to do with not on the pitch, but off the pitch you've lost uh, the, you know, the senatori of the dressing room. Yeah, they've done that. But they've before. done relatively well 
and replacing them. Yeah? This isn't the first mm-hmm. time. Aurelio de Laurentiis deserves, and, and this Napoli deserves us to give them the benefit of the doubt based on what they've done since 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 he took them over. This is not the first time that Lavezzi, Hamshi, Cavani have, have left. This is not the first time that Higuain was sold for, for stupid money. This is an Insigne, Mertens, Ospina, Koulibaly. Look, I have no problems with it. I like Kim Minye. Kim Min Jae, I think he's a he's a good player. I think he he's a giant next to Rahmani and also Östegård, the Norwegian with Genoa. We saw what a stable player he is. He's a, they've definitely improved their defense. I think Hrycha Kvaratskhelia on the during the preseason has been their standout player. Um, Oliveira is a good player. Hrycha Hrycha Kvaratskhelia. No, so um, and and Victor Osimhen, you know what I think. I think he's. If well, now that Lukaku's there, you I, made that pronunciation up. No, I didn't. That sounds like my uncle trying, you know, <laughs> no, like, as you're here trying to no, looking at me right now as if I'm speaking a foreign language. No, it's um, he, he said it himself. They, 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 because there were so many questions, they he, he did a video. Napoli put out a video with him pronouncing his name, and I listened. Um, no, did the, they the spell old... it right though, like West Ham did? Yeah, but we'll get to that. But um, no, I, I like what they've done. It's it's a changing of the guards, and it's not the first time Napoli have done this. And I like that they brought in players that fits Spalletti's system. The only thing I'm missing is a is a is a Deulofeo and a Raspadori, someone like that. Um, I personally would have liked to prefer to have seen Deulofeo play at Napoli, but of course. You know, I think Raspadori is still a little bit unproven. I think I'd like to see him stay one more season at Sassolo, and Sassolo don't need to stay. We'll see what happens. But I think Deulofeo is ready now to to take that next step and play for a top four side. And I think playing for Spalletti in that system, he's I mean, it's he's born to play that play there, and I think he would be brilliant there. So no, I, I like what they've done. I do think that it's going to take maybe you know it's a changing of the guards, and there's, there are question marks. But no, it's becoming clear to me. I, I mean, to me, when I look at the Serie A, I see a clear top three. I see a clear four and fourth and fifth. And then I see, you know, Lazio, Fiorentina a little bit to further down. Mm. Um, but I think, and then the rest of the league, uh, the rest of the teams in the league are, are way off. Um, it's like the, it's the seven sisters. It's the return of the, of the football culture of the seven sisters. Uh, that we were that we grew up. I, I don't have the same enthusiasm for Napoli. I have to be honest. I, I think they've lost just they've just lost too many big names. I mean, you mentioned before that they've done well to to, to sell big name players in the past, like Lavezzi, like Cavani, like uh, you know Higuain. But you know they never sold three, four, five of them all at once, um, which is what they've done this summer. They've just got rid of all of their all of their leaders in one summer, all of their big name stars in one summer, pretty much, and. You know that 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 that's there's so much to replace there, uh, not just on the pitch, but in the in the dressing room and the changing room as well. And you know some of these players they've bought, they're buying a lot of youngsters. I think it's definitely a clear change of model from mm. from um, De Laurentiis this season. He's he's trying to to cut the the wage bill massively. No no longer will they pay high high salaries, which which is what made the Ronaldo link so hilariously ridiculous. <laughs> the fact that they're basically cutting their work, they're they're lowering their wage ceiling. To like under five million, I think going forward, and they're going to sign Ronaldo on sixty million or whatever, he, however much he earns. Um, but um, so yeah, I, 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 it's still a month to go. We have to see what else they yeah. do. If they do bring in Aspadori, then that is a, that is definitely one step forward. Uh, and just from a purely from his point of view and from the Italy national team, I hope he does go because you know we want 
our young talents playing for the bigger clubs and playing in the bigger competitions like the Champions League. Yeah. And I think that would be a good move for for, for Raspadori if he does if he does join a, a team like Napoli. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, a couple more things to get to. Milinkovic Savic being linked as a potential alternative for Manchester United to uh, Frankie de Jong. Um, and there is also interest from Juve. I'm not going to hold my breath because this happens every summer with him. So do we really have to say anything? He's going to stay, right? <laughs> he's a lifer. He's not, uh, you know, no, it's he's been linked with an exit for it's, every summer since he's arrived there. Yeah, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's uh, Claudio Lotito. I mean, this, this is uh, you sign a when you sign a contract with with Claudio Lotito and uh, Urbano Cairo and, and Aurelio De Laurentiis, you're you're kind of signing a contract with the devil. It's kind of hard to get out of, um, and they they've shown that they 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 mean business. They they won't they won't sell for a penny less than they have um, that, that they want. Uh, and and with even with Napoli now with Fab, with Fabian Ruiz, you know he's perfectly content to let Fabian Ruiz rot twelve months on the bench and not see the pitch unless he signs that contract extension. I mean this is how they this is how they operate, and Lotito's no different. Um, and and look, it's um, his contract expires in in June twenty twenty four. This was the last summer to sell him for big money. But no off, no real offers has uh, have come in, and he's not going to to sign a contract extension. We we know that. Um, so this summer or latest next summer, because I don't think Lazio can afford. They're not as well run um, as in terms of revenue streams in as Napoli is, and they cannot afford to lose Milinkovic Savic that cheap on cheaply as Napoli could afford to to draw to lose players like Milik, who they paid lots of money for, or Ruiz even. But Lazio can't do that. So for me, um, I think this is one of those Fine Mercato deadline day 60, 70 million deals or it's next summer or even January. Yeah, I don't see it happening because they're already trying to sell, they're already in negotiations, aren't they, to sell Luis Alberto. And I can't see them getting rid of Milinkovic Savic and Lucas Leiva, basically replacing their entire centre midfield in, in one summer, having already lost their entire centre backs, uh, centre back players, because they've lost, um, well, They've lost um, Luis Felipe and and Nacherbi's probably going to leave as well. So, yeah, I, I don't think it will happen. Um, and you know, I think I, I'm doubtful over the Man United interest. How much truth there's in that? To be honest, uh, I don't think he, I mean he's a completely different player to Frankie De Jong. I'm not sure he fits Ten Hag's style of football. So I, I don't really. I'm not sure how much truth is in that. Um, and as for Juventus, uh, we've seen that because of the Pogba injury, they might. There's been a lot of reports. This morning on Monday that they might come in um, with a, with an offer. I mean, I don't see Juventus being able to being prepared to pay the money that Lotito is asking, you know, sixty million at least for him. Um, the only thing that surprised me and, and and maybe you know from 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 Milinkovic Savic's point of view is that he's obviously been you know one of the best midfielders in Serie A of his generation. Yet you know he could spend his whole career at Lazio. He's going to be twenty. Seven now, twenty-eight next season. By the time he gets a move, I mean, you know, he's in his peak now. He's not got long left before he starts declining. And it's, it's, it's. Uh, I don't want to say it's a shame, but it's, you know, he, you do wonder what he could have done at a, at a really, really top club. 
Well, you absolutely yeah. can, but he was very unlucky. Uh, some things and some, you know, no one forced him to to sign uh, the, 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 that contract extension, five year deal, which kept him at Lazio until now. But I'm I'm happy in a way that he stayed at Lazio such a long time. I think it's imp- it's so good to see such a fantastic complete midfielder, and he really is. I mean, he can play in every single position in that mid- in central midfield, and he's done so brilliantly. So I'm happy for for Serie A and Lazio fans as such. But for his perspective. Maybe signing that contract extension was not the wisest decision he did. Mm, perhaps. Um, okay, let's go to Baggio and Prem Face of the Week. Okay, uh, Baggio of the Week. Who's taking that? Nima? Yeah, um, I mean, it has to be. It can't be anything else other than that absolutely spectacular player presentation by Roma at... Um, at uh, with Dybala, I mean, it, it was it was that's how you present players. That's how you unveil star signings. And that at the ending there, when when I don't know how many people were singing Roma 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 Antonio Lovenditi's song, and Dybala's just sitting there, just sitting on crying, the steps, yeah. watching it and almost crying. That's all. That's we're all Paolo Dybala, regardless of who you support. We're all Paolo Dybala that moment. It was absolutely spectacular. The, from the way they directed that to the, from start to finish, it was just stunning. Absolutely stunning. I can't believe you took that, Nima, and you didn't leave that to John. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he said... He well, no, me. because I would have worked in uh, the fact that Lazio felt so offended by uh, Roma supporters, uh, and more in particular, uh, Sky Sport. Why? Uh, what pointing out that that they were doing a chant against Lazio and they they were very offended that it made it onto the television and that one of the uh, Sky Sport presenters just made a, a lighthearted mm. joke about it. You liked that, didn't you? I just have to, I just <laughs> oh, as an, as straight an honorary... into my veins, man. Straight into my veins. <laughs> just as an honorary mention for Bad Joe of the Week, I have to say Sabiri's goal for Sampdoria against Besiktas. I don't know if you guys saw it. Halfway line lob. Yeah, it was stunning. It was, um, it was, uh, Former Ascoli man. Yeah. Matt Rizzetta's, uh, Ascoli. Look, uh, no, it was fantastic. I saw it. It was, it was, it was stunning. Uh, it's the kind of stuff that you see from Qualiarella. And I guess training with, with Qualiarella makes you do Qualiarella things. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly does. Okay. I think John's just had to, had to nip out. So we'll finish off with Prem Face of the Week. I have, I mean, I got to say, I think the idea um, uh, and and to do this was was um, was 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 badger worthy, but the execution of this is the prem face of all prem faces. West Ham signer make their marquee signing in Gianluca Scamacca, and they can't spell his name properly in the announcement video. It's just, it's the most West Ham thing ever. And then delete it. And when they delete it and changed it, they posted out the shorter version. Um, and it was like the, the misspelling of foreign names and two M's and one C's. And it's just like, yeah. oh. It is, no. the, it is the common, it is the common trait of the, of the prem face. And if anybody's listening for the first time today and they don't know what a prem face is, <laughs> just, just Google it or, or just, uh, just go onto Urban Dictionary and it's actually in there. And it? it's uh, it's a term that I came up with probably about 10, 15 years ago now. 
And um, yeah, it is a common trait of the Prem face is misspelling foreign names and um, yeah, uh, Italian names especially. Giuseppe is one that, that's commonly misspelled by Prem faces. <laughs> they, they, they mix the I and the U up. They, they put G-U-I instead of G-I-U. That, that's, a, that's another common one. <laughs> I have Brilliant. to say, I remember one day on the, on the first day of, of, a, of a new boss at my work, this is going back about 10 years ago, and he's in our he's in our, our CMS, which is like a content management system. Anybody that works, um, and it, it, he was trying to trying to find Wesley Schneider, who at the time was playing for Inter, and he was looking searching in our database, looking for it, and, and he was complaining. He was like, oh, "I can't find Schneider. Why why is he not here? Why is he not here?" Um, so I came over his over to his laptop to have a look, and, and he was spelling his name the German way. Like 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 Bern Schneider. So Schneider. Sort of, yeah, instead of S N E I J D E R, it was S C H N E I D R, and that is just yeah, the classic prem face. And that was his first yeah. day, and I just thought, oh god, yeah. prem face has joined. He was a lovely guy, by the way. Yeah, no, it's that that is. But I got to say that announcement video for those of you in the don't live in the UK, there was a 90, 1990s um, show on Channel Four, Football Italia was called. And, you know, when, when Calcio ruled the world and James Richardson hosted it and they kind of did a remake of that, um, uh, like an homage to that with James Richardson presenting it, sitting there doing what he did in the 90s, holding up the pink paper of the Gazzetta dello Sport with an espresso on the table outside talking. It was it was really, really cool to see. And, and that became an iconic show in, in the UK. Uh, for Italian football, and and they did a remake of that for the announcement of Scamacca talking to him. Um, and no, it, that I mean the execution was dreadful, but the idea and, and everything around it was really really good. I really liked it. Um, so so yeah, the the, the Scamacca with an S C A M M A C A was um, that was that's just so oh dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, everybody, that is where we are going to leave it for this episode so once more we will be back later in the week however if you would like to gain access to all of the content that we put out here at the italian football podcast you can go to patreon.com slash t-i-f-p again patreon.com slash t-i-f-p okay we will chat with you later in the week thank you so so much for tuning in We'll be back once more in just a few days. Until then, bye-bye.